so first first thing i want to definitely acknowledge is that i understand that god a lot of times is the not a lot of times god is the main person in supporting me god is the main person on my side god is the only person who sees me exactly for who i am a hundred percent and i know that it's a lot of people who claim that they do but they don't there was this guy who i dealt with and dated and i felt like he saw well he actually told me you're perfect and i said i'm not perfect he said no you're perfect you don't understand that you're perfect i don't know why you don't see that and i will never forget i remember one day i prayed to god and i asked him about this guy and i said god he said you know i'm i'm wanting to pursue you. I'm wanting to get right with you. I'm wanting to do what I need to do with you. And God says, you know, well, he didn't say anything about him yet. I brought him up. I said, with this guy, you know, what should I do? God says, you know, ask him, not even ask him. I just say, I'm going to ask him and see if he wants to pursue you with me. If I'm remembering correctly, this is what happened. So the next day, no, later on that day, the guy got back. I asked him, I said, do you want to pursue God with me? Do you want to pursue a relationship with God? Right? Because the, no, no, actually this is what happened. We both decided we wanted to pursue a relationship with God. It started off solo. I mean, I started off thinking it on my own and then I might have brought it up and he was not opposed to it. But I said to myself, no, God, I believe God placed on my heart. Pursue me separately first. Both of you guys need to pursue me separately first, then together, like just wait and see where it gets to that point. So. I pursue God separately first. And when I pursue God on my own, I started to pursue him on my own. And I started to read the Bible and start pursuing God on my own. And then that's when God was like, okay. Like every time I would try to bring up this guy, it's like God really didn't want to hear it. God really did not want to hear it. And if it sounds like I'm stumbling over my words, it's because I don't want to say the wrong thing. But I might as well say how I really feel. God was jealous and God was like, I don't want you to, he, he really doesn't want to hear from this guy or about this guy because it feels like God is giving me a vibe like, you're mine and you belong to me. And this guy is, you know, in the way. Sort of like, you know, in a way it feels like God is saying like, I like you. Like, can you say that I like you like that? And every single time you're coming to me and talking to me about this guy and like, I like you, I can't explain. Okay. So for example, let's say I feel like God was trying to steal me from this guy. And it's not even like that because like, it's God. Okay. So like, it's God, but it's like, okay, but you have to look at it like God, like, yes, God is God. He's perfect. But when Jesus was here, he was seen as the same as all of us. Our father in heaven did not put Jesus over none of us. He didn't see us, see him as better than any of us, even though he was perfect. 
So when you understand that, you have to understand Jesus sees that too. He knows that. He knows that he's equal to each and every single last one of us, which is why he took the role as a servant, because that's the point. The point is, I'm not better than nobody. Like, even though he is shown grace and mercy by God, he doesn't he doesn't feel like his prayers are any more, you know, accepted, acknowledged or appreciated than any of our prayers. And there's a lot of people who don't believe that or who don't know that they say, no, that's Jesus. When he prayed, he turned, you know, two fish and, you know, what was it? Five loaves enough to feed 5,000 people. We can't do that when we pray. Yes, you can do that if you have enough faith. Jesus knows that. He said that. His prayers are no more value than any of ours. They're all equal. God sees us as equal. He does not even put his own son, Jesus, over us. That's the fact. So when you see that like that, here's the thing. Jesus liked me. And this is... I, I can't say that this is how I felt at the time. I couldn't see it. But all I know is it seemed like Jesus is like, you know, when I'm coming to him and I'm talking to him about this guy I'm dating, it's feeling like Jesus is really feeling like, you know, you're like, why are you even talking about him to me? Because like, he he just don't want to hear about him. Don't talk about him. And it's kind of like when you go and cry on the shoulder, cry on somebody's shoulder about a guy that you're with. And that guy is like, I have plans of taking you completely from this guy. So let's not talk about him. That's what it felt like. And I'm just being 100. And then I remember, you know, bringing him up because I, I kept feeling like God kept putting him off. I kept talking about him to God and God kept saying, focus on you. Focus on this. Focus on me. This is me and you time. Y'all pray separately. Y'all pray separately right now. Y'all seek me separately right now. So finally, I wouldn't let God put him off again. It was like five days in a row. And I wouldn't let God put him off again. I said, God, no, I want to talk about him. You're not giving me answers. I was getting frustrated at this point because I had kept like I had kept saying, you're right. You're right. I'm focused on you. You're right. You're right. I'm not going to talk about him. You're right. Because God is right. Right. This time I'm like, OK, but I need an answer, though, like because this is weighing on my shoulders this is weighing on my heart a little bit. It was more like, you know, I don't want to make it seem like, you know, the only reason I'm even praying to you is about him. The only reason I'm even coming to you is for him because God knows that's not the truth. God knows that, you know, I genuinely wanted to start getting right with him, but he was such a vital part of my life. And he had been helping so much in my life in that moment, in that time that I didn't want to leave him out of my plans to grow and be better in the future. So I had to bring him to God, too. Or at least incorporate him in my plans if I was genuinely trying to. God straight up told me, y'all are not going to be together. You are not going to end up with him. And you need to break it off now because the longer that you put this off, the more it's going to hurt. And you know, I'm right. And immediately I'm just like, but God, like you see that, you know, when I first met him, I literally, you know, when I first met him, I didn't even realize I, ha I was battling self-esteem issues. I didn't even realize that, you know, I didn't love myself how I should have been loving myself. And you see how he has he has been able to instill that sort that amount of love in myself, self-love that nobody in my whole family was willing to do for me. He loves me more than everybody in my family. 
He loves me more than anybody in my family, but I can't say that because that's not all the way true. It's just that in that area, when it comes to my family, they are actually trying to tear me down in that way. But when it comes to him, he's actually like, no, like what? Come on out. Like this is the truth. And he's actually acknowledging it for, for example, with my family, they'll do reverse psychology and they'll manipulate me into hating myself. But with him, he's like, he's removing all of that manipulation. He's tearing down years of manipulation and built up psychology work where they have placed such a, a, a system that works for itself. Where when I even think about, you know, getting my confidence back in certain areas, I automatically write myself off and limit myself and tear myself down before I can even give myself a chance. He's tearing it all down. He's able to break all of this up and replace the confidence that never should have been attacked by my family. He's doing all of this within months that they have worked up over 15 years to do. He's doing this in months. So I know that this is God's work. I know that this is God's work. The only reason I say everything happens for a reason because I wasn't even going to give him this chance. And I wasn't even going to be with him in this manner. And then he comes into my life and he's doing for me what my family, he's reversing this type of trauma my family haven't has inflicted on me. And I didn't even know that they had inflicted on me. So they can't say, that's something, that's a personal thing. You're just saying that. No, I didn't even notice it until he did it, until he started tearing it down. I never even knew it was there. And it's amazing to me because I start actually, I really, I really did it daily. Like daily, I would wake up in the morning and tear myself down in the morning. When I wake up, as soon as I open my eyes, because this is what they have been working on me and doing my whole life. And I don't even blame things on other people. At this point, I didn't even see it. And he immediately from the second I opened my eyes in the morning started rebuilding that. And helping me love myself. I'm talking about the second I open my eyes in the morning. You're beautiful. You're amazing. No, this is true. Why do you, you know, why are you modest? Why are you doubting yourself? Why do you feel like you're not this when you are? You know this. Like literally certain times I would be like, yeah, but I, the reason why I second guess this is because of this and because of that. He like, no, you know, and I know you know. So why, why, why do you do this? And I know that this is God, right? And then once my family started noticing what he was doing and started noticing that he's building up my confidence, they started gaslighting. They immediately started, you know, trying to attack him. Like turn me against him because he's actually helping me to build myself up and come out from underneath that spell they've placed on me. It's like a system that's working for itself every day. They don't even have to be there of me hating myself. And when they noticed that he started doing that, they started trying to get in between that in all kinds of ways. They would never let me be alone with him. And you might think that your family is not doing this, but yes, your family is. Because once they notice that you have a different glow in your face, 
when they notice that you're getting that confidence in such a way that they can't snatch it back every time they just do a little bit of whatever it is they did to build that up to begin with. They're like, oh, I got this so I got this so strategic strategically placed. All I gotta do is say one little trigger word, and she's right back into crawling into that crawl space where she has low self-esteem again and she's self-hating. And he tore it down so so well that when they start coming around to do that, I completely recognized it, ignored it, and it didn't work. It's almost like I got a shield up and it's bouncing right off of me now. Once they start noticing that that was happening, what they started to do was start trying to find more strategic ways to get around it. He had already built up so many different shields around that too. And the ones when they would fight their hardest, when they would get when they would get so worked up about how it's not working and how much it's not affecting me, I would it would sometimes penetrate a little bit and I get back around him and he's tearing it back down again. And they got to the point where they actually started deciding that we're going to all team up to isolate her from him. We need to pull her away from him because look what's happening. I really start. I really literally feel like they're they're inside. The insides of them started panicking. Oh, my God. She's coming out of it. Oh, my God. All of our hard work. To the point where they started to attack him. In strategic ways, even when I wasn't around, they started tearing down our relationship, planting things in his mind so that when I'm gone for hours, by the time I get back around him, we're arguing about things we don't ever argue about when we're not around them. And they do this with anybody who teaches me how to truly love myself. And one day, I come out of a bat this bathroom first thing first thing is that you know god had been telling me for years it's the bathroom you need to pay attention to what's going on in the bathroom they're planting things in the bathroom they're doing witchcraft and the whole time i said to myself that sounds way too crazy even though i would never think nothing like that on my own so one day First of all, we was about to move into our own apartment together. And if we had moved into my, our own apartment together, this like literally they would have never been able to attack our relationship. That would have been it for them. They saw that that was it for them. They saw that that window and that door was closing for them to, you know, pull me out of this savior like relationship. And they started immediately immediately they cut in on that we're going to be homeless we're going to you know we're going to lose our house we don't have no other option you can't do that here's another option what happens is you know you don't move in with him you move in with us and the money that you're going to put in with that you just put it in our house how could you ever leave us homeless do you care about us gaslighting because as soon as they feel like they're losing grip of you they do everything. They say everything. They do anything in order to pull you back in. So I notice every time I come around them, they're making up all these outrageous, you know, they're, they're, they're bringing up this outrageous stuff. Like, you know, I remember them saying something like, you know, is he beating on you? What? So you think I think he's beating on me because I'd rather be around him than you. Then they will start saying things like, you know, 
um, he's a loser. You're too good for him. You don't need him and you need to let him go because he's wasting your time. Literally, I don't feel that way. And a lot of people say, well, your family is right. The family is always right. The family always, you know, you need to listen to your family when they telling you stuff and such and such and such. No. Because there's been so many different times that I've known for a fact myself and then my family comes in and they're ruining stuff on purpose. Because they are literally conniving. And I didn't even notice it. I'm sitting up here oblivious the whole time thinking my family loves me. Why would they ever do anything like that? And the whole time that's what they're doing. They're manipulative. They're turning me against him when he's when I'm not around him and they're trying to turn him against me, but it's not working because he's so in love with me and I'm so in love with him. So all I know is one day, you know, it was two different bathrooms. There was a bathroom on the first floor and then there was a bathroom on the second floor. On the second floor, that was our bathroom. Nobody, no, no. Well, my mother, she never had to come upstairs to the second floor bathroom. She has a disability in her leg that, you know, keeps her from being able to climb stairs and do a lot of walking, etc. freely. And it was better for her to have the first floor bathroom to herself because that's easier and more convenient. And she never came on the second floor bathroom. Never. She only came up there every blue moon. So... I noticed one day she came upstairs to use our bathroom and I was thinking like, you know, she doesn't usually do that. Not that I have a problem with her using our bathroom, but she never does that. I noticed it was around the time where I was on my period. I went into the bathroom and it was this smell. There was this smell. It was such a nasty smell. It had nothing to do with period blood because the period blood and the period and stuff like that, all that smell, like, I can't, I don't want to sound gross or anything, but as a woman, you're used to that. You know that when you smell it. And it's not that it was like a really super bad smell. It's just a period blood has a smell. It wasn't that. It was a smell in my spirit. It was a demonic smell that suffocated my soul. And when I smelt it, immediately soon as I stepped in the bathroom, oh my God, you should have felt this feeling. It felt like I was so angry. I was so angry. I just wanted to be like, how dare you? How dare you? And I, there's no way I would ever be that angry about somebody just using my bathroom. I did not care about that. It was such a feeling. Oh my gosh, you have no idea. This feeling was like, I can't believe you. How could you be so conniving, so hateful, so malicious, and so selfish? You're hateful. And I all I want to do is be loved. And you don't want nobody to love me. You hate me. You don't love me. And you don't want nobody else to love me. How dare you? That's how I felt immediately. And I just couldn't get, I just didn't understand why I was so angry. And then I just remember, like, it felt like, you know, it's about the period pads in the trash. It's about the period pads in the trash. Like, it's almost like they're hurrying up to do damage control. Because I automatically, no, not automatically, God automatically identified what it was. 
Woo, oh my let oh my lord jesus let me speak because that's when i'm like it's no way i'm really that mad about her being in bathroom using the and using the bathroom but that smell when i smelt it when i felt it it was so suffocating it just felt like su- such a thick evil a thick darkness and it was so agitating it was so irritating it was a demon and I didn't understand why one time she was in my bathroom, that's what happens. So I couldn't pinpoint it, but I remember just screaming down at her. You know, first of all, when I first realized it, I was like, I had this feeling like, you know, they realize it too. They recognize it too. It was my sister. She actually was like, it seemed like avoiding the situation and kind of hiding. But my boyfriend at the time. He actually was, you know, he actually was looking like, you know, I'm on your side and you know it. Like, it's not even more like I'm on your side and you know it, but just like, you know, he doesn't want to, I don't know, like he's supportive. And then his friend, his friend was looking like, you notice that too? Like, he knew what was going on but couldn't call it and didn't want to say anything. They both look like that. We know what's going on, but we didn't want to say anything. So, that's when, you know, I say something to my mom about using my bathroom at that point. I'm just like, if I'm going to be this upset, I don't want to, you know, continue on like this. I don't want it to be, I, I don't want it to get out of hand. I don't want it to be, you know, like that. Like, I love my mom and I don't want to make it seem like I'm choosing anybody over her or anything like that. But this is just wrong. So I just tell her, don't use my bathroom. But immediately, as soon as I leave the bathroom, God tells me the whole rundown. God gives me the whole everything. God is like, there is somebody, a witch, who's putting witchcraft and demons on y'all relationship. They're trying to tear y'all apart. They're trying to break y'all up with everything that they have. They're using all their power to try and break y'all up. But the problem with that is they can't because y'all love is really true. That's real love. That's true love. And I remember God straight up just told me, he was like, usually the only way you're really able to break and block these kind of demons is when you worship me. Only I'm like, I thought you have to, you know, only the power of God is able to do that. God is like, yes, but also true love. And I get the whole rundown, like they actually trying to tear down your whole relationship and they trying to separate y'all. But since y'all love is actually real, it's not going to work. And immediately I feel so angry, like I just want to be so mad and fight everybody. I can't believe they're really just trying to stop my happiness. And it's not because they really felt like he was bad for me. It's because they really knew that he wasn't. Because they really knew that he was really making me happy and it was real love. They really just didn't want me to have that. And that's really what it was all it was about. It wasn't nothing more. Like, it was really just wicked. And so immediately, that's when, you know, he walks up to me and he gives me a kiss. And when he walked up to me and he kissed me, he was just like, you know, he didn't, I don't even, I didn't feel like he actually even realized what was going on. But immediately I realized what was going on when I kissed him, the whole feeling went away. 
everything went away. All the evil, all the wickedness, all the anger. That that disgusting demon that was just trying to strangle me and suffocate my heart and keep me away from him. All of it just, just washed away. And I immediately heard them say, you don't have to worry about anything. Don't be upset. Like, don't even let it bother you because, look, your love is true. They try to break you apart, but they can't because it's real. So one thing I want to say, and I've already said that, yes, you know, it's it feels like the only way you're able to truly fight these demons and this negativity is, you know, with God. Only God has the power to do so. But that situation in my life taught me that real true love and real true positivity fights it off just as not just as well, but definitely, you know, very well. Because the only time after that, they kept trying. They never stopped trying. They never stopped trying. But as long as we were in true, real true love and not doubting each other. You know, we were okay. So I feel like ultimately they did succeed with making us kind of hiccup on each other. But it had to, they had to work overtime. And I don't want to encourage anybody, but it had to get to the point where like, every they had to be around us. If we had separated ourselves, if we had left when we were in true love, and real love, it would have worked out. It wouldn't have even, that wouldn't have even been able to happen. And it happened because they isolated us. They kept isolating us. And when we were aware, when we were away from each other, they were planting things. They were working overtime. They were being extremely wicked and they were working 24 seven to tear us down. And we were unaware. We were unaware and oblivious, but a lot of times it didn't matter that we were oblivious. Our real love fought it off every time. And that's true and that's real. And I don't want to, the reason why I'm not trying to, you know, the reason why I feel a little reserved about this conversation is because I'm not meant to be with this person like God said. But that doesn't mean that the love wasn't true. Because if it weren't true, then I wouldn't have been able to fight off a demon that was placed on that situation to keep that relationship from prospering. So sad that, you know, somebody could, you know, self-hate so much that they don't want to see me love myself or nobody love me. I never thought that really exists. Like you really have evil family members who they don't love you and they don't want nobody else to love you either. They don't never want you to have love. They don't never want to see you be loved properly. And whenever somebody comes around trying to love you properly, the only thing they ever do is try and tear your whole life apart. They try and tear them away from you and they try and isolate you and place you back in a small a small corner or a small place or a small part um, where you are, where you feel like nobody loves you really. And nobody sees you and they want to keep you there for the rest of your life. It's wicked. Just like the, you know, evil stepmother in Cinderella. Just like, you know, the evil woman who locked Rapunzel up. Just like all of those those fairy tale movies. Yeah, it's real. And I come to find out that it's actually my own mother and my own sister. But the funny thing about it is... 
with my sister, I don't really know. I feel like she's maybe a little bit subjected as well. I feel like mostly she is also subjected to it as well because I remember this reference last year as I saved her, or as the Lord used me as a vessel to deliver her from the devil. There was this reference from the movie uh, um, Tyler Perry's uh, A Family Reunion. Medea's Medea's family reunion and I remember you know there was the the woman who was molested her mother allowed her to be molested as a child and she said that you know at the reunion she said you are so wicked because you don't love me and you can't stand to see nobody ever love me You can't stand to see me ever get the love I truly deserve. You are so wicked. And her mother sat there and denied it right to her face and said that, you know, you don't deserve to be loved. How dare? I mean, it'd be amazing if somebody even ever loved you. And the whole time. It wasn't about the fact that she she really believed that nobody could ever love her. She really just didn't want nobody to ever love her. She had been working overtime to, you know, beat her down her whole life, subject her to all these different wicked things, allow her to be raped by her own stepfather. And the whole time she sat there and denied it and as wicked as she was, didn't want her to ever have real love because she knew the difference in wanting to live a materialistic lifestyle because you don't love yourself and you put materialistic things, you you use materialistic things to define life and what life is worth as far as opposed to knowing what your real worth is. As opposed to knowing that materialistic things don't make don't don't make you they like what if how am I trying to explain this like money you can have all the money and everything in the world but it can't buy love and if you ever try and use materialistic things like that to buy love you really just hate yourself and you will never and you know. The real value comes in loving yourself without those things and loving life for what it is. And somebody who doesn't have the money or somebody who doesn't, who can't afford certain things like that shouldn't, that shouldn't keep you from loving them or seeing them for who they are. Her mother was money hungry, greedy, and conniving. And she hated her for being able to see the difference in that. She hated her. And she never wanted nobody to see her for who she was because to me, I felt like the mother knew that she was a better person, a better woman, had a better heart than she would ever have. That's I never noticed that that was, you know, the situation I was actually in until that reference was made the day that I fought this demon off of my sister. Literally, that's what they said. That's what they referenced. And that was the whole situation. That's what it was completely about. And I couldn't even I couldn't even make it make sense then because to me, it's not that I avoid accepting the situations, but I just like to see the good in everybody. I try my best to see the good in everybody. And the entire time, that's really what it was about. 
that's really was what it was about, you know. And I hate that, you know, it feels like I am slandering my mom or anything. But the fact of the matter is, you know, that's what it is. I this like anybody who tries to tell me that I'm making this stuff up and this is not, you know, that I'm just trying to blame other people, whatever. It's like I didn't get I didn't think of this on my own. I never even made that connection when I watched the movie a million times. I never saw my mother as that kind of person. I always saw her character as different. I've always placed her. I've always seen a good in her. I never really agreed with people when they said things like that about her. And then when that reference was made the day that Jesus actually showed up. And the prophecy was fulfilled that day. I still didn't put that together. So nobody can say I'm try- I'm reaching or I'm trying to make that true. That's just what it is. And it's sad. But despite all of that, there were so many different signs that started adding up when I look back, like how they try to get us to, how they, you know, got us to not move into an apartment together. We probably, none of that stuff probably would have happened. How, you know, that day where God actually came to me and told me that they actually tried to do some witchcraft in our bathroom on our relationship to keep us from prospering. All of this stuff, all of this that happened and the whole time, like, I I never, you know, it never, you know, it occurred to me, but I didn't really ever see it, like, for what it was supposed to be seen as. And then I never forget, you know, just different things I noticed that every single time I wasn't around, it was always this plot and this scheme to do conniving stuff that, you know, I'm not supposed to know about to do it behind my back. They'll never do it when it's to my face because they know that I will identify it and I will call it out for what it is immediately. And it's just it's just sneaky. And I just, now I can't, I feel like I can't trust anybody because even though he wasn't in on it at the time and that wasn't something that he was going along with at the time, now I realize that he actually is. Like he is now and it came after the relationship went sour and went bad, but re- in reality, you know, it doesn't matter. I would have never done it to him. But, you know, that's what happens when you think that somebody actually has your back or something. But at the same time, I see it for him. I see it as, you know, in, in, from his perspective, he was just, he was so desperate not to ever let me go. He never wanted to let me go. And that was his way of never letting me go. It doesn't make it all right, but I'm trying to see it from his perspective. Besides all that, though, um, fast forward to now, and I realized, like, in this situation, when God told me that that's not the only way, he's not, not, not that he's not the only way, but this is also another way. It's not that he did not want me to know that. And I noticed that. I noticed that, you know, they try and make it seem like God doesn't want you to know that there's other ways of getting things done. No. Other ways that you can do it without him. And, and God just didn't, doesn't want you to do it without him. And, you know, they want you to feel like, you know, 
Um, God is trying to keep you from that, that from knowing that, you know, there's ways to get through life and make the same things happen and get the same outcomes that he's able to provide without him. Like you can do it without him. They want, it's almost like that idea that's the serpent trick Eve with. Like, listen, you can be your own God. He just didn't want you to have the power that he has. That's why he doesn't want you to eat the fruit. But if that's the case, why would God ever create a fruit that provides that sort of knowledge? If he really didn't want you to have it, then you never would have access to it no matter what. He doesn't have to provide that. And what, you know, when God makes the rules, where in the rule book does it says you have to provide this fruit. So just in case they want to have access to it, it'll be there. But tell them that they can't have it. No, the reason why he made it is because that's possible. But I want you to listen to me. God makes the rules. He does everything that he wants to do, and he doesn't answer to nobody. He didn't have to even create a fruit that provides that sort of knowledge or power for you if that's not what he ever wanted you to have. Why are you skipping over that fact? Why are you skipping over the fact that he actually made that fruit to begin with, and you sitting up here acting like you just you decided of this power. You wouldn't even have the power if he didn't even place it inside of a fruit for you to even get it from or have access to. You think the serpent made that fruit? God made him too. But you sitting up here feeling like you able to do it without him. You realize you still can't do it without him, right? Anything that you're doing, you're still not doing without him. Because he placed you on this earth and the earth that you walk on and the body that you're walking in, he breathed dirt into. Excuse me, he breathed life into dirt in order for you to manifest. But you're sitting up here believing that you can do it without him. You look dumb. Imagine the dirt that you breathe life into getting up and saying, I did it myself. I, I don't need you. I did it all on my own. You just want the credit. You sound stupid. But regardless of anything, you know, it feels like that is all over again. It, like history just repeats itself. Just like the surfing, the serpent got a, you know, ahead of himself and felt like I want to be God. I think I can do God's job better than him. And I want to be as powerful as God. So the only thing I have to do is start sneaking behind his back to start doing stuff on my own. Is the same thing they're trying to trick me into. It's the serpent all over again. They're whispering to me when I'm choosing God. And I'm like, nah, God said no. Like, nah, God said that's not right. Nah, God has shown me what I'm supposed to be doing. The Father loves us. He's always right and he's perfect. And there's no reason for me to not believe him when he said something. He loves me. And then here comes the serpent. Listen, he just doesn't want you to know about this because if you knew about this, then you'd be able to do it on your own. He wants you to have to need him. I'm telling you, just bite the fruit. Once you bite the fruit, you have all the power he has. You'll be able to do whatever it is he can do. And that's what got us here. That's why we die. Otherwise, we'd be living for eternity. But that's exactly what it feels like. It feels like they're trying to say that, like, every single time it comes down to anything I want to get done, or every single time if it comes down to me actually accomplish, accomplishing something with God, they're always there like, listen, you don't understand that he doesn't want you to see what's possible out here. 
He doesn't want you to see all of the different things that you will be able and be made to do without him. I'm telling you, all you have to do is go see what's out there on your own. You'll find that you can do anything he can do. He's not special. You don't need him. And the whole time it's like, if that's really the case, then why is his people who believe and trust in him are the only ones you attack? You're not ever attacking nobody else. If it's real competition out here, go attack somebody who didn't choose God. You don't ever do that, though. And what's your logic? My logic is because, you know, I just want to help you. I just want you to see it. Or their logic is, you know, for some reason they just hate God. Come on now. Like at the end of the day, when it comes down to it, whatever you say, I notice that you on commission to attack God's people. You're commissioned for that. You That's your job. When you decided that you wanted to go do it on your own without God, you found that you still wasn't doing it on your own. You have a job to do. You have a job to deceive more people into believing what you believed and were deceived into. So don't tell me that I'm not on the right path when I can't even be on this path without you attacking it. And if this really ain't the right path for me, if I'm really not going to get nowhere over here, or if God is really wrong, leave me alone and let me see that for myself. But we see you not doing that because we know that you know that in my prospering, you are destroyed. Regardless of anything, though, I just wanted to talk about this. Um, I'm going to come back in the next episode and talk about this vision from God and what I felt like I got from it. 